Hi, welcome to the Influential Times, episode two. My name is Alistair Wheat, and I'm going to be taking you through what I think has been going on and some interesting stories in the field of influencer marketing this last month of June. So first story up uh, was an article that I saw on Znet talking about how influencer marketing as, a, as an industry is rapidly growing and it's forecast to grow up to $10 billion by 2022, up from around about $2 billion in 2017. And this particular article was focusing on some new research done by Altimeter, where they conducted a survey and found that businesses were expecting to spend about 25% of their digital marketing budget on influencer marketing. And brands at the moment are spending about 25% of their digital digital budgets on social media advertising. Uh, but as you'll see in the stories I'm going to come on to, the, blur, the line between what is influencer marketing and what is social media advertising is getting increasingly blurred. I would also argue that much of the money that is going into influencer marketing is coming at the expense of some other uh, traditional spends uh, in digital, particularly social media advertising. And I think that is prompting uh, some of these stories that I'm about to go into. So the other big uh, piece of news, uh, actually, I think it first came out back end of May, but then the most articles were early June, was about Instagram launching a new feature called branded content ads. So what this is, is if you are uh, a content creator or influencer on Instagram, you post an article um, in partnership with the brand and you then mention that it's a, a branded uh, a piece of branded content and it's got sponsors or ad on it, that will then create a prompt to that brand to say, hey, here's a post that an influencer wants to do with you. Uh, there has to be some kind of a approval mechanism there beforehand. But then the brand can decide to approve that post and then to boost it. And so the brand will then pay money to Instagram to boost that post to uh, a set audience that could be the people that are already following the influencer, or it could be a completely new set of people that do not follow the influencer. So quite a big change um, from how influencer marketing works right now, where very much the brand is trying to find an influencer to reach the audience of that influencer. This now means that posts by influencers don't necessarily just get pushed out to people that they follow or people who they follow then sharing it onto their followers. And this also means that uh, people are starting to wonder what Instagram's sort of bigger plan is here. So uh, another big piece of discussion in the last month was, uh, this is not actually a new story, but something that's maybe been discussed a bit more, is agencies voicing concerns that Instagram is killing organic reach. Um, particularly interesting article about this on The Drum, uh, which is linked to in the newsletter. So agencies are saying that they have put out posts um, on certain channels and they're not get on certain accounts um, and not getting the same level of organic reach um, engagements as they were previously and they're starting to wonder whether Instagram's actually turning things down an interesting comment here from comms consultant Steve Davies who said it seems that the Instagram algorithm is going the same way as the Facebook page algorithm did back in 2014 so the golden age for engagement is over and they'll be ramping up the monetization from now on. So the the drop has mainly been record, reported for accounts. Uh, this is Instagram accounts that have switched to, from being an, inst, an individual to a business account. And even if some of them are then switched back to being a, a personal account, they've noticed a drop. So what's really going on with these uh, three stories? Because I think they are all linked. Um, well, effectively, I think we're seeing 
Instagram reacting to the success of influencer marketing. Uh, ever since 2015, um, there have been articles speculating about whether the influencer marketing bubble is about to burst. I did a quick uh, Google search um, just uh, before uh, doing this recording of the number of articles talking about influencer marketing bubble bursting. And there's been actually quite a lot in the last six months. Um, some people saying, oh, yes, it's definitely going to burst. And others saying, oh, no, it isn't going to burst. This is the new normal. And it's just changing. And a lot of the uh, issues really have been around um, influencer fraud. So um, influencers buying bots to boost their follower count number or their engagement. Um, uh, that's going to be one major problem. There's also been the problem of uh, fake uh, or fake authenticity. So the influencers you know, pretending to be doing something that they just would be doing anyway, but it's all very staged and, and people are starting to get turned off. Um, we'll come to uh, a really interesting example of that uh, in a few moments. Um, but on the whole, the space is maturing. I think the issues of influence of fraud and some of these issues of you know, fake authenticity are kind of teething pains in this whole practice. And um, most most brands, I think, have found ways to kind of uh, just get get around some of these fake um, fake accounts. Although it's still an ongoing problem, but influence marketing is here to stay, I think, and it's just going to become part of the regular marketing mix, as we saw from that uh, first article I mentioned. Now, for Instagram, this is a bit tricky because essentially they're looking at billions of dollars going from brands to influencers to reach audiences on their platforms. And really that is money that would otherwise probably be spent on ads on their own platform. So in some way, it is money coming out of Facebook and Instagram's back pockets. And they're probably looking enviously at all this money and thinking, oh, how can we have a piece of that action? And so brands, I think, are going to now have to pay the piper. They are going to have to spend money on both paying the influencers, but also spend money um, to Instagram. So there's three key things changing here um, strategically for Instagram. I think one is they want to have um, a bit more control over the whole brand influencer exchange. So they want to have the interaction between brands and influencers happen on their own platform rather than on some third party platform. And this allows them to really see what's going on. And this also means that uh, brands then are, are paying to boost the influencer posts. So in the past, one of the key things a brand would look for when picking an influencer to work with was, you know, how many people follow them? And is that audience the right sort of fit for who we want to reach? That's going to be less and less of an issue now because the brands effectively have to buy that audience anyway. They're going to have to pay to, to, to promote that post. And so they have to pay the influencer and they have to pay Instagram. So they're probably going to have to cough up more money to get the same kind of activity. The trade-off for the brands is that they're going to get much better metrics and because Instagram, obviously, it's their own platform, they can provide much better information back to brands. And this hopefully will also cut through a lot of the fake engagement and fake um, follower accounts that we've seen uh, come through from all these bots. It also means that what the influencers look, what the brands are looking for when they're picking the right influencers is going to change. They're not going to be so worried about maybe the engagement levels or the follower accounts and more about the kind of content creativity or just a general sort of fit with the kind of message that they want to, to, to bring out. So this opens up, I think, opportunities for maybe influencers now who don't have a large following, but they are creative and they're up and coming. Um, and this might also maybe counter a bit some of the um, influencer inflation that we're seeing where brands are paying quite large figures uh, for just a, you know, a, a small number of posts from influencers. 
So the kind of link to this then is whether or not Instagram are indeed dialing down organic reach because it kind of makes sense for Instagram if they know that a particular post is being paid for by a brand and the influencer is posting it out. It makes sense for Instagram to tone down the organic reach that those posts are going to get because then the, the brands are going to be forced to have to pay to get those posts seen. But they can't do it too drastically, I don't think. So I think Instagram probably is experimenting with ways to tone it down, but they don't want to make it happen overnight because they don't want to um, kill off um, the golden goose um, straight away. They want to kind of just you know plug the golden goose into a, a machine where they can start to collect all those nice uh, golden eggs. Um, they don't want all the influencers just to jump off their platform. Um, and they obviously want the influencers to continue to make money, but they just want to make sure that they get a cut of it as well. So I think gradually we're going to see the whole mechanism of brand influencer relationships change with the, the platforms getting more into the act, especially when we have this kind of transactional um, transactional exchange going on. So it's kind of a, you know, must be a bit frustrating, I think. I mean, we're not, we're not really in this um, pay-to-play influencer space ourselves here at Onanitica, but there are dozens of influencer marketing platforms who have been doing this for years and effectively have done Instagram's hard work for them. They've gone to the effort of um, building up this whole industry, um, creating a, a, a model that works for brands to then cre- create content, uh, create campaigns with influencers. And then Instagram's just going to come in at the end and try and you know, pull the rug out from underneath them and and try and take over this whole exchange. Um, so it's going to be an interesting space to watch, um, but I think we're going to see Instagram try and um, make a bigger play um, in the influencer marketing space themselves and control the interaction between brands and influencers. Uh, so that I think is just, you know, those some key stories that came out the last month. And that's what I think really is the big picture behind all of those stories. Just to um, switch focus then away from Instagram and talk a bit about LinkedIn, because LinkedIn have also been um, making some changes to their algorithms. Um, but I think on the whole, they've been quite, quite well received. So uh, LinkedIn um, has had a bit of an issue recently where if you go to your LinkedIn feed, most of the posts you see are posts from kind of tier one um, LinkedIn users. Um, you know, so it could be your Richard Branson types, or it could just be people who are in a very prolific and have high levels of engagement on LinkedIn. And you don't tend to see posts from other connections you've got who maybe are not posting as much and don't have a such a large following. So Instagram knows that this is not great really for building a community. So they have changed the algorithm and are now making posts from people with a smaller follower base um, appear more frequently in a feed. So when you go to your LinkedIn feed, um, you know, go and check it out again if you haven't been in for a while, but you go to your LinkedIn feed, you'll see more posts from a wider variety of people and not just from all the, the big names in your network. Uh, so I think overall, this is a really uh, good change from LinkedIn. It's been positively received and it is great if you are trying to get um, an employee advocacy program going on LinkedIn. So your staff who are out there uh, posting will be more likely to see their posts appearing in other people's feeds and also the algorithm is changing so that it rewards people who create content so people who are uh, writing articles or sharing um, sharing content uh, rather than just people posting uh, you know a little comment so if you've got people who are uh, in your um, advocacy program creating content they will also be rewarded by having their posts appear more and particularly video um, is especially effective um, and more effective if you're posting on the native uh, LinkedIn video feature rather than linking out to uh, YouTube, for example. And and just finally, I mentioned it a bit already, but um, there's been an interesting story. I need to be careful how I pronounce this name, but um, Marissa Fuchs, um, 
something like that. And Gabriel Grossman um, have uh, basically staged a marriage proposal online. So Marissa um, is at Fashion Ambitionist. And uh, and it came out then that this whole um, kind of romantic getaway and marriage proposal was all planned and advanced and kind of you know touted out to um, a number of brands to sponsor various activities and it had a you know, very detailed itinerary. And um, I would just recommend that um, you read uh, Scott Guthrie's post on this. Um, so if you go to sabguthrie.info, uh, S-A-B-G-U-T-H-R-I-E.info, that's his blog. And there's a link to the article in his post where he talks about influencer marketing's indecent proposal. And really this gets, I think, to the bottom of why we're seeing um, some real trust issues coming now with um, influencer marketing and many consumers getting turned off this practice because I think um, interactions like this um, where people are starting to really doubt uh, you know whether these influencers are genuinely you know sharing their life experiences or if the whole thing is just sponsored by some brand. Uh, so that's it for me, from me uh, for this month. I hope you found uh, my musings interesting. Um, please tune, again, uh, tune in again next month and I'll share what's been going on in July. Thank you.